Today on Moody Presents with Pastor Mark Job, we'll look at steps to help us get clean from wrong thinking. We get into life and life gets us dirty. We get ourselves pretty dirty. The Bible tells us that there's no one that exists on the face of this earth that does not have spiritual mud on their soul. Welcome to Moody Presents with Pastor Mark Job, President of Moody Bible Institute and Senior Pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm John Geiger. Well, we have light and dark. We have the Bears and the Packers. There are hot dogs with ketchup and without. You get it. Our world is full of contrast, right? You might find yourself in one of those categories I just mentioned. But somebody else will be in a different category, right? Well, the book of 1 John says there are only two categories in the world. Those who walk in the light and those who walk in the dark. There's a big difference between them. And you and I have the power to choose which of the two paths that we're going to take. In our study today on Moody Presents, we're headed for 1 John chapter 1. For a look at those two paths up close and how you and I can make sure we're taking the right steps. Here's Pastor Mark. Now, as we jump into 1 John, I want you to know a little bit about who wrote 1 John. Obviously, it's pretty self-explanatory that it was John, the apostle, that wrote the book of 1 John. But, you know, there's several Johns in the New Testament, right? There's John the Baptizer. Well, this is not John the Baptizer. John the Baptizer was a second cousin to Jesus. How many of you knew that? Okay, John the Apostle is actually a first cousin to Jesus. John and James were brothers. Just a couple things I want you to understand. So, John the Apostle wrote five books in the, in the New Testament. He wrote the Gospel of John. He wrote 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. And he also wrote the book of Revelation. Uh, John is the one who... His mother was Salome. Salome was the sister of Mary, Mary the mother of Jesus. So Mary and Salome were sisters. Jesus was the son of Mary. John and James were the son of Salome, which made them first cousins of Jesus. Tracking with me? John was part of the inner core of the disciples that Jesus had. Uh, Jesus had 12 main disciples, but James, John, and Peter were part of the inner core. Uh, there's a couple of times where Jesus took Peter, James, and John to places where he took no other disciples. Uh, for example, he took them when he rose uh, Jairus' daughter from the dead. He took James and John and Peter there. On the Mount of Transfiguration, he took James, John, and Peter. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane praying, he took Peter, James, and John. Out of the 12 apostles, history tells us, and we have indication from Scripture, that maybe only John suffered a natural death. All the other apostles were martyred. Some their heads were chopped off, some were crucified upside down, some were boiled in oil. I mean, they had a pretty tough job being apostles. But John was the only person, he was the only of the disciples 
that is believed to die a natural death at old age. So John is writing, his brother James became one of the leaders of the early church. And John was very, very close to Jesus. So as you read 1 John, you're reading the writings of someone that walked very closely to Jesus, that was a, a cousin to Jesus, that heard Jesus, that he describes himself as the apostle that Jesus loved. If you read in 1 John, we're going to be looking at chapter 1 of 1 John, and really this topic is all about coming clean. Coming clean. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you got dirty, like really dirty, and you just wanted to clean up, but it was hard to get clean. Uh, recently, I was uh, four-wheeling down in Tennessee on these, uh, these little four-wheelers that, that kind of go cross-country, and so my boys and I were doing this, and we were kind of going up these hills and, you know, the big tractor wheels that they have on it. And so we got into this little game we were playing, and our course, we're like, my goal was to try to get as much mud as I could on my boys. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of skiing and kind of revving up the wheels and trying to splash mud onto them. But we were caked in mud. I mean, I had mud from top to bottom, I mean, we were filthy in mud, and it took a while to get back to the house that we were at, and so by the time I got back to the house, the mud dried on my head. <laughs> so I was just filthy, felt like I had cake mud all over my head, all over my face, all over my body, and here's what happens when you get dirty. After a while, when you're dirty, you just want to get clean. How about it? I just want to get clean. I just want a good shower. Now, I didn't want to mess up the people's house because I was so muddy. And so uh, the boys convinced me to go down to the river. And so I went down to the river, jumped in the river with all my clothes on and swam a little bit in there and, and, and got clean because I was so filthy. And then I had to take a shower after that just to get double clean. But there's something about feeling fresh and clean like this is the way I'm supposed to be. How about it? When you're dirty, you feel like it's not the way I'm supposed to be. When you get clean, it feels like, yeah, it's the way I'm supposed to be. Spiritually, it's the same way. We get into life, and life gets us dirty. We get ourselves pretty dirty. The Bible tells us that there's no one that exists on the face of this earth that does not have spiritual mud on their soul. Uh, the mud on our soul, the Bible refers to as sin. The message of 1 John is very simple. If we start reading 1 John, he in essence says in verses 1 through 4, he basically says, the reason that I'm writing this book of 1 John is so that you can have a relationship with God, fellowship with God. The main message is that God is light and there's no darkness in him. The main problem is that you and I do have dirt on our soul that the Bible calls sin. If God is pure and light and we have dirt and darkness on us, then there's a problem. Our dirt and darkness of the soul 
cannot have relationship and communion and fellowship with the purity of God. So what do we do with this problem? 1 John chapter 1, beginning in verse 5, it says, This is the message we have heard from Him, talking about Jesus, and declare to you, God is light. In Him, there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with Him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make Him out to be a liar, and His word has no place in us. John begins this entire chapter by telling us, and if you look at verse 1, he tells us, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. What John is saying is that he was there. He's talking about Jesus. John was saying, hey, I'm not talking to you about theory here. I'm talking to you about someone that I've seen. I've touched, I've heard, I've walked with. I'm talking to you not about second, third hand information. I'm talking to you about my cousin, Jesus, who I saw, watched, the son of the living God. Verse 2, the life appeared. The life of who? The life of Jesus. And we have seen it and testified to it. John is saying, hey, I saw Jesus. I saw him do the miracles. I saw the resurrection. I saw Jairus' daughter come to life after she was dead. I saw Lazarus come out of the grave. I saw the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear. I saw Jesus walk on the water. I saw him speak to the storm and calm it. I mean, I'm an eyewitness to all of this. This is not superstitious or legend. This is things that I have seen. I know firsthand. And we proclaim to you eternal life. He said, I've seen it, and now I want you to understand about this life that I've seen. It's eternal life that's through Jesus, which was with the Father, who was with the Father, Jesus, and has appeared to you. If you look at the Gospel of John chapter 1, John is very concerned about letting us know that Jesus was not just a good person, but that Jesus was all God and became all man. In John chapter 1, this is really important. Some people skim over this. But most of the heresy that you find in religious groups that do not follow Scripture or religious groups that have gone errant, uh, religious groups that have gone off track, oftentimes their heresy, their false teaching, their wrong turn revolves around the person of Jesus Christ. There are people that believe Jesus was a good example. He was a prophet. He was a good teacher. But he was not the son of God or God himself. There are people who believe that he was the son of God, but that he was not God. The Bible's very clear about this. Part of the 
foundation of Christianity, if you're going to call yourself a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ, you need to make sure that you know the Christ that you are following. You're listening to Moody Presents with Pastor Mark Job. More of his powerful message as we continue. First, though, a quick reminder that this programming is only possible as people like you support us financially. Your gifts keep this teaching on the air. Keep this program coming your way. And so we say thank you very much for your generosity. Our website is moodypresents.org. If you'd like to listen to any past programs or learn about any of the facets of the Moody Bible Institute, we're a big organization with a school and, and a publishing arm. And of course, broadcasting as well. Learn more at moodypresents.org. And moodypresents.org is also the place to go where you can give a gift right now to support this teaching that comes your way every week. You can also become a monthly partner. And if you decide to do so at a level of $30 a month or more, you'll enjoy a 50% discount from the entire line of Moody Publishers books and biographies, kids' books, Bible studies, devotionals, and I could go on and on, all at 50% off when you're a monthly partner. And that all begins at moodypresents.org. When you give a click to that button there, donate right now. Again, that's moodypresents.org. Back to our message with Pastor Mark Job here on Moody Presents. John chapter 1, the Gospel of John, says, In the beginning was the Word, or the Logos, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It's speaking about Jesus. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father. But in essence, when John was telling us is that Jesus existed before he was born in a baby in Bethlehem. He existed before he's always existed with the Father. God has always been Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God has always existed in the form of a triune God. There has never been a time where it was just God the Father and He decided, well, let me create a Son or let me create a Holy Spirit. The Son is from eternity past. The Holy Spirit is from eternity past. God the Father is from eternity past. There is no such thing of the Father without the Son or the Son without the Father or the Son without the Holy Spirit. God has always been a triune God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That's why when we baptize people, we baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three distinct persons, yet one in nature. Difficult to understand, a mystery to us, yet this is what Scripture teaches. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and the Father are one. This is really important for us to understand, because if you don't understand that, then Christianity does not make sense when it comes to the washing of your sins and when it comes to having a right relationship with God the Father through Jesus the Son. So he goes on to say, this life appeared, we've seen it, and we proclaim to you eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. Verse 3, we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also, here's why John is writing this book, we proclaim to you what we've seen and heard, so that you also may have, here's the word, fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and His Son Christ, we write this to make your joy complete. 
In essence, John is saying, I'm writing these things so that you can have fellowship with God. Now, this word fellowship is a little bit of a strange word. How about it? I mean, really, in your regular vocabulary or apart from religious vocabulary, how often do you use the word fellowship? You use the word hang out, my friend, relationship, my buddies. But seriously, do you say, I'm going to the bar to have fellowship with my friends? <laughs> I don't hear that. Unless you're in a religious context. Oh, I'm going to go to the Sox game and have fellowship with a few people at the Sox. No, we don't use that language. But it is a very powerful word. The word in the Greek, which is what this book was written in, the New Testament Greek, the word is koinonia. The ancient Greek word koinonia speaks of sharing, communion, common bond, and life. It means a close relationship, uh, people that share things in common, a brotherhood, more than an acquaintance. Uh, sometimes we use the word very casually and some people say, well, we're going to the fellowship hall. And some of you have the idea of fellowship is I'm hanging out in the foyer of the church with a cup of coffee, talking about the bulls and, and the weather and what's going on. And you said, I was just fellowshipping with the brothers. And, and I understand what you're saying. But this word is much deeper than hanging out over a cup of coffee, shooting the breeze about the weather. This is about sharing a bond that's deep, partnering, opening up your life, sharing life together. John says, I'm writing these, this letter to you so that you can have this deep, powerful relationship with God. Not just so you can know about God, but so that you can walk with God, experience God, live with God, fellowship with Him, share life with Him. He says, I want you to have fellowship with God. And I'm writing this entire letter so that you can have fellowship with God. Here's what I've discovered over the years, that a lot of people know about God like we know about the president. And you believe in God like you believe in the president. You know facts about God like you know facts about the president. You feel like you know God because you've heard about him and heard stories about him like you've heard about the president and seen his speeches on TV and watched what he does. But in reality, you don't really know him. Many people have a relationship with God like we have with a figure that we know about, but we really don't have a relationship. We confuse knowledge about God with relationship with God. The great majority of the people I believe that are religious, if you were to ask them, do you have a relationship with God, they would confuse knowledge about God with relationship. John is saying, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have the ability, the right, to have fellowship with God. A deep, intense, powerful relationship with God Almighty. And John says, I'm writing this book so that you can have fellowship with God that way. 
And I write this to make your joy complete because when you have that kind of relationship, your joy is going to be complete. So he goes on to explain the problem, and I've mentioned it to you already. The problem, he says, is this. The problem is that God is light, and we walk in darkness, and there's a problem of sin. If God is light, and there's purity in him, uh, the, the technical religious word for it is holy. Holy means that he's set apart like no other. There's no blemish, there's no spot, there's no wrinkle, there's no sin, there's no mistakes that God has ever committed. So God is pure and undefiled. Yet we are defiled and impure. In Romans it tells us that we've all sinned, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no not one. All of us have blemishes in our soul. All of us have stains. All of us carry sin. All of us have disobeyed God. All of us have missed the mark. So God is holy. We are unholy. God says, I want to have fellowship with you. I want to walk with you. I want to have relationship with you. But there's a problem. A holy God cannot interact with unholy people. So what do we do about the problem? What is the solution to having fellowship with God and John addresses it right now and if you're taking notes I want to give you three steps to coming clean and wrong thinking that keeps us stuck out of fellowship with God first of all write this down number one if you want a relationship with God you have to begin to live in the light a wrong thinking is we say we have a relationship with God, but we still live in darkness. Notice what it says in verse 6. If we claim to have fellowship with Him, referring to God, yet we walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. John says if you claim you have a relationship with God, but you are living your life, in a dark way, then the reality is that you're lying because you don't have a relationship with God and the truth is not really in you. Whoa, heavy talk. John is saying there's a lot of people that say they know God, but they really don't. You want to hold on to that bitterness, but because you want right relationship with God, God convicts you about the bitterness, and so you can hang on to it for a little while, but you have to let go of it because you desire your relationship with God more than you desire to hang on to your bitterness. So God convicts you, and you finally say, all right, God. I'm going to release the person, Lord. I forgive them. Vengeance is yours, you say, Lord. Please bring it about. But no, I'm going to forgive them, Lord. You see, what happens, as a believer, you're going to be tempted. As a believer, you're going to sin. But as a believer, what drives you to get things right is you desire a relationship with more with God than you desire to hang on to those things that are a part of the darkness. So you're going to fall, but you're going to quickly get up and a true believer that's walking in God and walking in fellowship with God cannot stay long in their sin before they're convicted and turned around by the grace and the power of God that will drive him to them to back to the cross, back to God, and back to himself. That's what it means of walking in the light. 
In verse 8 it says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Number two, if we want fellowship with God, you have to change the way you think about yourself. Our wrong thinking says we are unwilling to acknowledge sin in our lives. Listen, John says if you claim to be without sin, if you're here today and you say, you know, I don't think I have any sin. That guy, a lot. <laughs> My wife, pastor, I, you know, I wish I had time to tell you. He's got a lot of issues. You know what the Bible says about you? Well, first of all, you got a major pride issue. Thank you, Pastor Mark. Just love the way that the Word of God is so very practical. And our teacher, Pastor Mark Job, has a way of applying that word to our hearts, right? You know, one of our goals here at Moody Presents is to help you have a closer fellowship with God. And uh, what could be more important than coming clean? We're going to learn so much more of what that means to come clean next week right here on Moody Presents. You don't want to miss it. For now, let me invite you to our Moody Presents website, moodypresents.org, where you can visit Moody Publishers to look at books, Bibles, Bible studies, commentaries on the Bible, stuff for kids, and much more. There's also information on how you or someone you know can become a student at Moody Bible Institute. How about a daily devotional to help you come clean every single day? That's Today in the Word. And you'll find that there, along with all these other great links at moodypresents.org. moodypresents.org. Next week, it's part two of our message here on Moody Presents. I'm John Geiger, thanking you for listening. Moody Presents is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.